Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week, we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Sean here. And I'm Shannon. Welcome back, everybody. Before we get into this week's topic, I do have an email to read. It is from, of course, friend of the show, Catherine. Always good to hear from you. Catherine wrote in about her favorite superhero movie. She says, hi, favorite show friends. My all-time favorite superhero movie is Batman Returns. This came out in 1992. I was nine years old, and I was obsessed. I had books about the making of the movie. I had the book of the movie storyline. I had Catwoman posters and dolls. I was Catwoman for Halloween and had my own whip. That's awesome. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And I'll say to this day, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is my favorite incarnation of that character. The thing is, I wouldn't get to see the movie until many, many years later. My parents thought it was too violent for a kid my age, and that was (laughs) gut-wrenching. (laughs) <laughs> oh, man, you're so into it. You couldn't watch it. Oh, I'm glad you did did get to see it. Uh, she says, I really like both of the Tim Burton Batman movies. I love that you get the Tim Burton sensibility in a comic book world. Can't wait for next week, Catherine. That is true. Yeah, the the they definitely have that Tim Burton flair to them uh, that's very distinctive uh, in that Batman world. I feel like I've it's been a long time since I've watched those movies. I remember enjoying them, but it's it's been at least 20 years since I've seen them. So maybe I should go back and revisit those and, and uh, get a little refresher on that. Especially because Batman is one of my favorite superheroes to begin with. So, you know. And so coincidental, that right before we hit record, we were just talking about really liking movies, but then being too scary to see. <laughs> <Right>? So <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> so we hit record and here's your email, Catherine. It's like you, I don't know, there's something, something going on here. <laughs> the thing is, I know you said your parents thought it was too violent or whatever. Knowing you, Catherine, I don't know how young you got into all the scary horror stuff, but it's, I can just, I'm just picturing nine-year-old Catherine being like so brave and like watching all the scary things and like you know the opposite of grown adult me so (laughs) so good for you um any other updates we want to talk about before we jump into this one nope not that i can think of all right well let's get on to it then uh this episode comes out just after the fourth of july and so of course fourth of july summertime is cookout barbecue weather lots of nice weather to get out and enjoy the outdoors and and uh, cook some good food outside so this week our topic is our favorite cookout foods or barbecue or grilled foods i'll come up with a simple name (laughs) once once i get to editing the episode but yes I saw in my research, too, July is National Grilling Month. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, we knew that, definitely, for sure. <laughs> I planned that. Oh, yeah, that, that was planned. Of co- uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> well, but to your point, Aaron, I think sometimes when people say, hey, let's barbecue, they mean very different things, right? So that's that's part yeah. of why we were like, hey, let's just capture that all together and... I guess now I know why they say that because uh, now we don't know what to generally generally call it all. It's true because like, yeah, when we were growing up, we would refer to barbecue as like cooking like burgers and hot dogs. And dad would always do like barbecue chicken and stuff on the grill. But we we didn't really, not to my memory at least, maybe you guys could correct me. We didn't really do like brisket and tri-tip mm-hmm. and like pulled pork, like the like the barbecue type of stuff. We were more like just grilling and cooking out. And, uh, yeah. but we just always called it barbecue. So it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a mishmash of terminology that I think covers a lot of different things. So anyway, uh, hopefully you've eaten before you listen to this. And if you haven't, hopefully this <laughs> inspires you to have a good, good, uh, good cookout <laughs> later and, and, uh, enjoy some of this good stuff. Yeah. We definitely got some, uh, good barbecue for dinner tonight. Cause I knew, I knew otherwise <laughs> I would be in trouble. Awesome. Nice. Well, I neglected to talk about an order before we started recording. You guys have any preference of who jumps in first? 
No, did you want some history? Got some history for you. Let's have Ooh, some history. Let's do history. All right. So I did not go to Wikipedia. What? I went to the Smithsonian. <laughs> well, they seem like they're reputable. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe more so, actually. <laughs> I don't Goodness. know. Read through an article about the evolution of American barbecue specifically. And it's kind of wild, actually, to see where it started and where it has grown and, you know, seeing what it is today. But. Basically, the too long didn't read is that <laughs> it was talking about how barbecue originated as something that came to America from different cultures that it kind of all mishmashed together, which is about as American as things get. But it was talking about how it was brought to America. It was kind of a Caribbean style of cooking that was brought from Spanish conquistadors and kind of changed with different European cultures. So, and it was talking about barbecue directly being like a style of cooking, which is kind of originating from barbacoa, which was the mm. Spanish style of cooking. Gotta make sure I double check that. I don't think it was necessarily a Spanish style, but it was the Spanish word that they used from an indigenous tribe. But then that kind of happened in now modern day Mississippi where they would cook this pork barbacoa style where they used it was like smoking that they would use mostly green wood to create this smoke to give it this flavor and then that was like you know pork was mostly their way of doing it and then in like the Texas region it turned into more during the pre-civil war years it was now adding more cattle to the mix of food that they would start eating in this barbecue style now this was an interesting thing too so it was talking about uh how cattle was kind of a cheaper meat that they were able to use and so it became a point of patriotism quote the southerners took great care raising their pigs refusing to export their meat to the northern states <laughs> so this relationship with barbecue and pork was this whole thing so that kind of led to the big four different barbecue styles that can be found in the United States of the Carolina style, which is split Eastern, Western, and South Carolina style with variations largely in the sauce with some kind of more mustard-based sauces or sweeter vinegar and tomato sauces. Yep, that's right. Memphis barbecue, which is kind of... Most people kind of gravitate that way of like pork ribs, sticky, sweet, kind of tomato-based sauce, which because they were more in a port area, they had easier access to sweeteners like molasses and stuff. So that's kind of where that came from. Texas being cattle country, always, you know, opted more for beef, usually a brisket, dry rub, smoked with sauces more like kind of like on the side. And then Kansas City with the crossroads of barbecue nation is how it's phrased. <laughs> so a little <laughs> bit of everything, beef and pork, ribs and shoulder. And what brings it all together being the sauce, a sweet, hot, tomato-based Kansas City barbecue sauce is a classic. And the model for most barbecue sauces you'll find it in stores so there's the not so short shortened version <laughs> of this article that i, I read I, i'm glad you brought that up though because i i did not realize until i moved to, to north carolina i lived in charlotte for for two years and or, or the Charlotte area, North Carolina, um, in the Blue Ridge Mountain area. And I, I did not realize at all before I moved there how different barbecue is from place yeah. to place. And like you said, that specific yeah. Carolina barbecue style um, is very 
different and unique from you know the, these other areas. And Sean, you lived in Texas, so you ha- you have you know plenty of barbecue experience firsthand with Texas. I had style. not had barbecue until I went to Texas. I know that now, and I can appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my one of my great regrets is not visiting you in Texas when you lived there, Sean. Partly because you know I missed you as my brother, but also <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to go experience all that amazing Texas barbecue. So I've had some in my travels, but you know it's it's just it's just cool how different it all is. Yeah. Yeah. It varies a lot from place to place. Uh, well, on that topic, I'll, I'll jump in with one of my first favorites, which is in the barbecue category, which is pulled pork. Yes. And let me also first start off by saying, uh, I know some in our family are vegetarians and have various opinions on the eating of meat. And I recognize that this episode is very meat heavy. So, <laughs> you know, first off, I apologize, uh, but also just be responsible with your, uh, your animals and where you get your meat and stuff. So anyway, um, but yeah, pulled pork and and, and specifically that Carolina style. So when I uh, moved to North Carolina and I first had like a, a pulled pork uh, barbecue sandwich, I was really surprised because all along growing up, like when, when our dad would do like barbecue chicken, it's, you know, like the good, he always got the good stuff, but it was, you know, store-bought style barbecue sauce where it's kind of sweet and tangy and that sort of thing. And a a pulled pork sandwich, North Carolina style, the the pulled pork, the barbecue sauce or the pulled pork is is amazing even just by itself it's so delicious and 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 soft and and tasty but the barbecue sauce is much thinner and less sticky and it's more vinegar based which i thought was really interesting the first time i tried it and typically when you have a barbecue sandwich you also have slaw which is also not like i was used to coleslaw which is very like mayo heavy Right. right and again in north carolina the slaw is very coarsely chopped it's more vinegar based and the combo of all of that with like the vinegar and the sweetness the barbecue sauce, the like vinegary crunch of the slaw, and then the sweetness and and like chewiness of the pulled pork, all of that combined together makes like the greatest sandwich in the world. It's so good, <laughs> and it's hard to find elsewhere. Like I've I feel like I've found once or once or twice since moving to, uh, away from North Carolina. There's a few places I found where they do Carolina style, where you can kind of get that same thing. But really, that's the main place I had it was when I lived in North Carolina. But yeah, oh that that Carolina style pulled pork sandwich has got to be one of my all-time favorites it's so good i think that's one of the few things i can think of that has pretty strong flavors that differ but come together in just such a great way i'm sure there are hundreds of others if somebody wants to email me but that's what comes (laughs) to mind and i'm salivating about is this idea of of uh, yeah just kind of this this contrast of 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 bitter in different ways that kind of come together, but then also a little bit of sweetness to it. And I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. And then, yeah, whether it's pickles or, or onions, maybe that sometimes get added. I think a good slaw, you don't really need the pickles and onions, but yeah. Oh man, just so good. So good. Yeah. Just, just incredible. Well, and a good pulled pork is on my list too, but I got to say, I am not as big a fan of the vinegar base. And I think <laughs> a big part of that probably comes from a, I am a sucker for sugar. <laughs> I definitely have a sweet tooth. But also, I think I just, anytime I've had it, I've been disappointed because I was expecting like a sweeter flavor. And then I was like, mm, no, this isn't barbecue sauce to me. <laughs> Which, like, I recognize is 
I mean, there's whole regions of people who swear by it. So I get that I am, um, this is my opinion, <laughs> but a good pulled pork for sure. So good. Well, and I will say also that it definitely has its place. Like that, that specific combination is the thing that I love. I don't necessarily put, I wouldn't put that vinegar based uh, barbecue sauce on almost anything else. Like not, I wouldn't put it on mm. brisket. I wouldn't put it on, you know, other stuff. It's just that specific combo for me that I, that I really like. The pulled so. pork sandwich. Yeah. Do you have anything else on pulled pork, Shannon? No, it's real good. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. I, that's all I have too, yeah. <laughs> so I had I had a, a pork item on my list as well, which is ribs. Now, ribs don't necessarily need to be pork only. They're, pork ribs are what are most common here in the United States, but on Wikipedia, it talked about around the world, people eat ribs from bison, goat, ostrich, crocodile, alligator, llama, alpaca, oh. yada, 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 and just it goes on for a while. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but I guess it makes sense because when I was reading about pork ribs, they're fairly a fairly recent thing that people eat on their own. And the reason for that, it's because ribs are fairly large. And so especially before re- refrigeration and a really robust rail system, when pork was shipped out into different places, it was put in these barrels and the spare ribs didn't really fit into the barrels along with the salt and brine or whatever else they used to keep it from going bad. And so in the very earliest days, the people who ate ribs were people who lived right by some of these areas where pigs were then packed up and 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 shipped out um or for celebratory purposes when an entire pig was was cooked that then ribs would be part of that and so it really truly was because of widespread mechanical refrigeration that ribs became a common a common food and actually have value they said in the early days there would be so many extra you could basically get ribs for free if you lived right next to the the right place wow i had no idea that's really interesting that is yeah i had no idea either i thought well why wouldn't they just like cut them up or something like that i don't know but um i guess uh, i don't know if you're shipping a bunch of stuff there's a fair amount of weight in and space in the bones as well. I mean, if you think about it on ribs, there's less meat than, I don't know, any other cut, right? You don't have bones in the middle. That's a good point, yeah. And so, but it makes sense, I guess, coming back to what I was saying about all the different animals is that is that it does make sense to not waste anything, right? Like, to find ways, I know people will will say yuck in one form or another to hot dogs or hamburgers or these these ground, these ground meats, but that's so much better than just like a pile of of the parts people didn't want just <laughs> going to waste, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I will say I, I don't I don't cook a ton. I I you know, I enjoy it from time to time, but I started getting a little bit into smoking uh meat. I suddenly pictured you with like a pipe or something. Yes. 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 Brisket or barbecue and kicking out so much better. Yes. No. So, but it's one of the, I don't know, like I've never put so much time and effort into, into like making this core ingredient, a rack of ribs turn out, you know, checking in on it every hour, changing out wood and charcoal and spraying it with apple juice and wrapping it and then unwrapping it and then putting other things on it and then getting that more caramelized. It's, I'm sure, you know, lots of places have automated or made it a lot faster, but it was like a full day 
thing of at least some level of effort every hour or so. And I've, I've done that maybe three or four times. And each time it's just so delicious and so amazing. And and I feel like it's not something that's gone to waste or that's just quick or whatever. So anyway, yeah, yeah. ribs ribs are definitely on my list. And Side fact, I always assumed a rack of ribs was like a full side of the rib cage or something, but according to Wikipedia, five or more ribs attached together can be considered a rack. Huh. So I, I don't know about that. That seems like the ability to give somebody fewer ribs and call it a rack. But yeah, that, anyway, I don't know. That seems <laughs> not cool. Now, question. Were they, are the ribs that Fred Flintstone eats at the beginning of the cartoon, <laughs> the tip is carver, those brontosaurus ribs? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they're brontosaurus ribs, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I have yeah. actual proof of that. Yeah, using the whole brontosaurus. That's good. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. See, if you just got, only got five ribs of that, that still seems like it's plenty. That is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> well, beef ribs as well. I think one beef rib is probably a, a full meal. I guess that's they're, true. Yeah. You know, they're pretty enormous. I don't, know, well. I, mean, I don't even have to reach for a brontosaurus. I can just use a real animal. <laughs> I mean, yes. a living animal. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a brontosaurus. I, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, if you're going big, go big. Why not? <laughs> I ribs were towards the top of my list too, but I I am kind of picky with my ribs. That I feel like they're so hit and miss, and the fact that they are kind of pricey makes me kind of hesitant to order them if I've not had them before, just because I feel like you need a good crispy outside to them. You need a good amount of meat that's not too much fat. You need a really good sauce on there. And so I feel like, I don't know, I have tried to branch out to hope that I find like a really good rib out there. And I have been disappointed a number of times. <laughs> but when they're good, they're really, really good. That's so. right. When you have to have them cooked so well that they come off the bone easily. Because I've, yes. I've had not great ribs where like maybe the flavor's fine, but you feel like you're just gnawing on the bone to try and get right. all the little bits off. And so when you get really good ribs where they just like slide right off, that's that's when they're extra good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I'd split my list into the more traditional barbecue and then kind of the grilling out that we definitely always did. And so the only other thing on my barbecue list, it's not really the barbecue anymore, but is the sides. Holy cow. <laughs> barbecue sides are good. They are good. Yes. <laughs> we've had a number of times that we've gone places and I have been content to just order like a couple of the sides because they are phenomenal. So, I mean, semi-rapid fire because I don't have much to say about any of them. <laughs> it's a good mashed potato yeah. and I tried like I really did I look I tried to look up like the history of why why do mashed potatoes go so well with barbecue and things like that and it was just a lot of people being like well because they're good <laughs> <laughs> so the best one I saw that was pretty logical is that you know how you have this meat that is so flavorful and mashed potatoes can be very flavorful but for the most part they are a more bland food and so it complements it a little better so I was like okay I can see that but a good mashed potato that's full of cheese buttery sometimes with the bacon crumbles very good yes mac and cheese yes I always as a kid thought that was a meal having that as a side sounds great to me <laughs> that's my number so. one go-to side whenever we get barbecue from anywhere I always get mac and cheese side yes so good. And I mean, same thing that they vary so much from place to place. I feel like sometimes that sometimes they're extra cheesy. Sometimes they're more peppery, like good. There's always jalapenos in there. 
<laughs> nope, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, still still good for some. A good cream corn, which I definitely oh, yeah. would not have appreciated as a kid. There's a barbecue place that's just around the corner from where Sean and I are at that has the most delicious creamy corn I have yes. ever had. Like it's, so good. it's last meal good. It's <laughs> I I cannot hype up this corn <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I felt funny telling you that I think because you had gone over there for the first time, not like pretty recently. It's probably been like a year or something now. But no, I feel like but just we were a like, months. did you get the cream corn? And you're like, cream corn. I was like, next time you go, you have to get the creamed <laughs> corn. And oh. and I felt so funny saying it, but it is so so good. Good. To the point it. where, you know, we'll get four different sides with our meals when we go there, but we have to get two of the creamed corns or we fight <laughs> over it. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's creamy. It's buttery. It's like got some spice to it. So good. And the last one would be just a good cornbread, which again, this place mm. around the corner from us, it's like cake. It's so good. But a yeah, cornbread really with a good honey butter, delicious sides. See, all these things you're saying are reasons that I gained a lot of weight when I lived in North Carolina. Because <laughs> in addition to the excellent barbecue, all the good food is every meal had all of these sides with them. Plus like collard greens and, you yeah. know, beans and and all, all the stuff. It was all so good. And just, man, let alone like the usual, you know, usuals of fries and onion rings and stuff. Like, yeah, I was I was skinny when I went to North Carolina and I was not skinny when I came home. <laughs> yeah, I gained a lot of weight living in Texas. The very first job I had there in Texas, it was in downtown Dallas. And and one of the places that people liked going to on the team pretty often was this little barbecue place that was cafeteria style. And so you'd get this tray and for the sides, That's dangerous. they didn't weigh it. <laughs> like like they, they give you a certain amount of meat, but on the sides, it was basically as much as you could fit on there. Oh, no. And so I would just... I finally started backing off, but I would just have these mounds of sides because I was like, this is a burger. Of course, so, yeah. Anyway. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yes. Didn't help they had a soft serve ice cream machine that was complimentary as well. So <laughs> They were just really determined to get you. Weren't they? <laughs> they were out to get me. I do like that it was funny that when we came out to visit, one of the things that we had planned was like a major like obstacle course race. And like we did other things. We went to a museum, like we went shopping, we went to a park and stuff. But it really was just a tour of food of like, okay, we're here for right. a week. Take us to all of the good food places. <laughs> we did all you could eat, dry rub wings, we did <laughs> smoked chicken. We did <laughs> so that was the oh, thing man. is you like you took us to get the beef ribs and like here's the place that gets the line all the way around the building kind of place. Like then here's chicken and now here's pizza and here's wings. And it was like, let's just do a little <laughs> bit of everything. And it was yeah. great. <laughs> it was yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. So the last barbecue item I wanted to talk about while we're still on it is is smoked brisket yes that's on my list too which i'll give a little bit of background on i think there'll be plenty of opportunity if you want to jump in at any point here aaron but i thought it was really interesting i know that i had talked on another episode about kolaches and them being introduced by czech immigrants in texas and brisket is another one that was introduced by Czech and German immigrants, specifically those uh, with a Jewish background. There apparently is a form, some kind of Jewish cuisine that features brisket. And so brisket was very important and popular with a lot of the Jewish immigrants there. And so 
it had been part, according to Wikipedia here, had been part of this Jewish meal since the 1700s, and it was fairly inexpensive and something that worked within their dietary their dietary laws. And so those immigrants in, in Texas, where, like you mentioned, Shannon, earlier, where there was a lot of beef, and then it made it interesting to do some other things with it. And so it was Jewish immigrants that were the first to smoke brisket. And it was later in the 1900s that it was widespread across a lot of Jewish delis and then became more more popular in the mid-1900s with just plenty of other places that didn't consider themselves some kind of Jewish market or Jewish deli. But I thought that was really interesting. It was one of those things that makes me proud of the melting pot that is the United States, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I look at these foods and I'm like, yeah, this this pure American goodness all comes from somewhere. And so anyway, I just thought that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That yeah. That smoked brisket just had that origin with it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't realize that until I was I was older. Um I when I was younger just assumed it was just, you know, like pulled pork or any of the other like smoked things, tri-tip and et cetera. It was just a, a good old barbecue meat. But yeah, that does definitely have that history. I also thought it was funny. I was looking over the Wikipedia page and it says it has a long history in the United States. Brisket is the meat of choice for slow smoking barbecue in Texas and is often considered the national dish of Texas, which first off, <laughs> national for Texas, you know, <laughs> good, good for you, Texas. You do you. Um, but yeah, national dis- dish of Texas. I, I do love uh, a good brisket. And most of the time when we go to barbecue places around here, because I, I love pulled pork, but because I can't get the Carolina style, it's usually my second choice. Brisket is almost always my first choice when we go yeah. places. You know, not like not like Texas, where probably every corner store has the best barbecue in the world. But <laughs> we do we did find some good places around around us in LA that we can get some good stuff. Bloodsoes is very good barbecue. Their brisket is amazing. Um, there's a place we just just learned about called Scouts Honor uh, that's here in Burbank that does a really good job. And uh, yeah, it's brisket is just one of those ones that I think is so tasty. And also, I feel like brisket is is so good with a lot of these foods. I do want you know barbecue sauce with them. Like the sauce is a big part of it. Yeah. I I feel like brisket when it's done right and it's done well, I can skip the sauce. I can just do the brisket the, the way it's smoked and and put on the plate. The sauces are an extra bonus, but I think good brisket can stand on its own for, for me anyway. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I like sauce. It, it depends on my mood and how well good the brisket is. But uh, my recommendation for anybody going to get brisket is, is to ask for it chopped. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is just that there are these thick slices of beef brisket and they're really good and really flavorful. And as part of brisket, it doesn't have a ton of fat on it but it has some pretty good ribbons of fat not chewy hard fat but very very smooth buttery delicious fat it's true yeah. <laughs> but for some people to get a bite of meat versus a bite of fat that can feel i don't know like less enjoyable and so if you get it chopped instead then you end up getting a mix and so you'll get some of that some of that fat and the meat mixed together in in a lot of bites and it just makes the whole experience really awesome that's a good record recommendation. Nice. And yeah, that's that's a good point. It's not like, you know, sometimes if you're having different cuts of steak or whatever, you're cutting some of the the tough, chewy, hard fat off of that as you're eating or or even before you cook it. But yeah, brisket when it's when it's really well done and smoked, that fat layer that's on the on the top or the I guess I don't know which side you cook it on, but that that layer of fat that's there is so like soft and and like adds so much flavor that like 
you you can't trim that off. I know I know we got to be health conscious, but like leave it in. <laughs> That's the good stuff. It's so good. Well, to the point where a lot of people like what they call burnt ends. Which oh yeah, yeah. Is is just one end or the other, I think, as they're chopping the brisket. And so it has that outer crust that's really, really, really flavorful, but then also a layer of fat. And so it's even more fatty, but it's it's delicious. And so some places, because there's not as much of it, if it's in higher demand, even charge extra for the burnt ends. And, you know, to, so you have the premium of the brisket and then even like the nicest part of the brisket if you want that fatty, extra flavorful bite. I dig it. Whose turn is it? I lost I lost track. I think yours. <laughs> is it mine? Okay. Well, since we talked about brisket, I would like to move on to more of a cookout slash grilling thing. And it, it is, of course, the ubiquitous hamburger or cheeseburger. And I know we've talked about burgers at length because we actually did a whole episode about burgers. So I don't need to go into a ton of detail. Plus, everybody knows what a burger is. So let's, <laughs> we don't have to deal with that. I do think it's funny. Some of these foods that are that are so common, when we when we talk about them, I look them up on Wikipedia or whatever online and finding the, the history of where they came from and where they started and, you know, what region or what person invented some of these foods. It's so interesting to me, but something like the hamburger is so highly debated. And it's, it's funny when you, uh, when you look at the history of it and you look on Wikipedia and, and other various websites that there is no real definitive source of who invented the hamburger yeah. and where it came from and whatnot. The name of course does come from Hamburg uh, in Germany, but it's not definitively created there. It's that's not its definitive origin. It, there's, in fact, there's actually um, I don't I don't probably not strong bickering, but there are arguments back and forth of whether it is a German invention or an American invention, um, or Germans who came to America, or you know the anyway. It's it's just funny to me that with something as as widely known as the the hamburger we don't actually know for sure the details of uh you know where it came from when was it first put into sandwich form we have early uh evidence of you know the first first written appearances of it but they don't actually give any definitive answers to that question it appears in cookbooks as far back as 1758 in in both america and in germany so you know it's it's (laughs) again the mystery is real proof of time travelers just messing with us introducing it know right different sides of the world (laughs) anyway but specifically i want to talk about smash burgers so we recently uh, when we bought our house, we we wanted to get a grill because we actually have a yard and a porch where we can we can put a grill and we can cook out and stuff. And I because I am like a major like breakfast man, I love making breakfast and eating breakfast. For some reason, whenever we'd go look at grills, I would kept being drawn to these these flat top griddles, you know, like the Blackstones and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. They just were calling my name because I kept looking at them and just picturing them full of hash browns and (laughs) eggs and pancakes and bacon and stuff. And I was like, oh, this looks great. So when we finally were getting a grill, we went back and forth and we're looking at it. And Stephanie was like, listen, like get what, get what's going to make you happy. And I was like, I think I'm going to get a griddle. So we did. We bought a, a Blackstone brand griddle. But the very first thing we wanted to do with it, and we've done quite a few times since, is the smash burger. So when you typically grill a burger, you make the patty and you make it, you know, larger because they shrink when they cook. But you you make it, you put it on the grill and you turn it and whatever. But with a smash burger, you actually make the meat into a ball. You get the the griddle or the cook surface super hot and, you, you know, little uh, oil or butter. I tend, to, I tend to cook mine in butter. And you put the meatball down on the griddle and then you have either with a metal spatula or with a dedicated burger press. You smash the thing flat into a really flat patty. And the action of doing that on the super hot griddle makes it like sear the meat. 
And, and smash burgers cook super fast because you're smashing the meat so thin and you're cooking it at high temperature. They cook super quick. It's actually a really quick meal once you have the, the, the griddle preheated and whatnot. But so, yeah, you get the, the meat super flat and that gives it a good sear and it gets this like crust around the edge of the meat. And so it's important to use like a metal spatula to really scrape to get underneath and get all that good stuff up with it when you when you flip it. And then you add a uh, in, in our case, we always do American cheese because I feel like that's kind of the smash burger style. And because you smash them thin, you can almost always do a, a double burger. But that's been my favorite thing. And and as I mentioned before, we discovered this Chris and Eddie's where I, you know, the heavens opened to me after I took a bite, <laughs> all of that, that's the smash burger. And obviously there is a restaurant called smash burger that does this same style. And they're, they're actually becoming a lot more popular right now, but apparently they actually have a long history in the great lakes region going back uh, a long time. And, and that's kind of been a style up there is where the, a lot of that smash burger thing started is the great lakes region. Anyway, that's, that's turned into my favorite kind of burger. I do like a big, thick, juicy burger, but these, these smash burgers where you get that like crispy crust on them and they're just like super flavorful and you get them on like a good, nice, like soft bun and oh, they're really good. So that, I've been making a lot of those and really enjoying it. I had smash burger on, on my list of favorites as well. Just because, to be honest, I didn't really realize, I think, what a smash burger was. I knew some places I went to, they would have really thin patties, but that was about all I knew. And it was only recently on Father's Day that I believe you, Aaron, even got a, a press for our dad. And it was used to make these smash burgers, and they were just so flavorful to the point where our, our mom actually brought out more meat and we cooked even more of them. And so I brought a bunch home and I ate every single one of them other than I think one. <laughs> like my family, my oldest was like, I want a hamburger. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I, I went in and there was one left luckily, but because they were just so, so good to the point where I was like, oh man, do I need a, do I need a, a kind of a flat top? Because <laughs> it was so good. It is funny. So I've been watching videos online of, of recipes and, 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 techniques not just for the smash burgers because i want to branch out and do more stuff breakfast and you can make all kinds of things on these on these griddles but it's funny watching videos of these guys who are real grill masters not just because they're making their youtube videos but because they grill out a lot most of them have a collection of grills they've got like a regular grill they've got a flat top griddle they've got a smoker sometimes there's even like other things like I'm like, man, that's dedication. Like whatever <laughs> yeah. specific thing you're looking for. But uh, I, I hope I don't find mind. out about other things because then I'll probably <laughs> want one of those. <laughs> no, nothing else. This is it. <laughs> so yeah, I am curious, just like the the contested history of hamburgers themselves, if there's a little bit of contested history with smash burgers, because I couldn't find on Wikipedia, but I did find on some random blog, pretty sure it was a blog, the Daily Meal, um, where they talked about the history of it, and they claimed that it was started in Kentucky, but even then they didn't have the exact year, even though it's 20th century, that's not that long ago mm. and they talk about this guy wanting more flavor and so they would use this large bean can to <laughs> to crush crush down the patties and, and then everything changed you know, the way it's, it's very dramatic wow. well kentucky is not near the great lakes so maybe there's more controversy there too <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know i mean but either way as long as it made it to me i'm i'm happy with it yes agreed <laughs> Agreed. Oh, and Shake Shack does Smashburger style as well. Yes. If you like Shake Shack, that's the Smashburger style. Yep. Yeah, that's 
that's where I was actually thinking about where I'd had the most similar type of smash burger. At least that's what came to mind. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I realized that. Sorry, you're gonna have to edit out a lot of swallowing of my <laughs> saliva because I keep salivating and oh, same. Uh, I am I'm really, really good. Now. Shannon was smart by getting the barbecue beforehand. Hopefully, get it, <laughs> get it through. Get get full. Get the meat sweats, and then you know, you're good. <laughs> I do have a plan for when we're when we're done of something I'm going to eat. I'm not making smash burgers at you know nine at night, but I could. No, I've got, I've got, I've got another plan. I've got something ready for because I knew I was going to be hungry when we when we finished recording this one. Nice. Well, let me look at this list here. I did have another article from Food Network talking about the history of grilling, and I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't think I realized how recent. I guess just kind of the hobby of grilling really was because he was talking about how you know the actual act of grilling was like. A long time ago, like back with the domestication of fire. I was going to say, that's the original way to cook, right? That's the way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. But no, but it was saying like, you know, the idea of going out back and grilling was very recent. Like in the 1940s, people would grill at like a campsite or at a picnic. But it was saying that after World War II, um, the middle class began to move to the suburbs. And so backyard grilling really was all the rage in the 1950s. And I yeah, that is so recent to think of, you know, that being such a popular thing. And then, yeah, this article is written really funny because it's talking about uh, this guy, George Stephen, Stephen, I don't know, um, from Chicago, was frustrated with the flat, open, brazier-style grills common at the time. And so he invented the more, like, common... I was going to say the common grill we know, but as you just said, there's a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) The standard grill, I guess. Yeah. He invented the type with the lid, with the cut vents to help control temperature, and made it more of, like, a popular hobby because it was a better way of grilling. So thought that was interesting and that does it for all of the history that I that I learned about <laughs> grilling and barbecue. But yeah, we we definitely talked a lot about burgers. I think definite shout out to just 4th of July cooking out, summer cooking out burgers just at mom and dad's cuz yeah, you know, there's a lot of really good, really stylized burgers in different places, but something about the nice homemade burgers out back with the good seasonings and the fresh toppings and stuff, so good. I just was going to say with with cooking out that I think part of it is it's this whole experience, yeah. right, of of the hunger growing and then the smells that that come, and sometimes they're wafting over from other houses, even mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, or for your own from your own backyard, and you're actually seeing the the smoke. Hopefully, not too much smoke, but <laughs> and and it's just this whole experience, and it's oftentimes one of the one of the just cookouts in general where people are making or bringing different things. And so whether it's corn on the cob and then you have this other thing that's cooked on a, on a griddle or a grill or whatever it is. Anyway, just, it's a, it's a fun time to bring people together and, and it's nice here in Utah that it's warm. I know in California it's warm year round, but it's nice being outside (laughs) and (laughs) just, yeah, yeah, the whole experience. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time to be outside. The other one I was going to mention were hot dogs, our two staples there. (laughs) They're on my list too, yeah. I think much like 
ribs. There are good hot dogs, and there there's not really bad hot dogs, but there's fine hot dogs. So I mean, that, I've had a bad hot dog before. Okay, so. never mind. There's bad <laughs> hot dogs. I'm sure. You know, but, the really cheap ones that are kind of rubbery or whatever. Like yeah, that's fair. It was hot dog day in, in elementary school. Those were kind of <laughs> bouncy hot dogs. Don't boil them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. But yeah, a good like scored and grilled hot dog is so good. All beef. Um, there's a hot dog place that's kind of a local place around here called J Dogs. Oh, oh, what a yes. good hot dog. Oh, yeah. That they're big and they have a really good kind of like sweet sauce that's kind of their uh, signature sauce that they do with it. And that was kind of the place where I learned to kind of branch out and not just do like ketchup, mustard, and done. So my go-to there is mustard, a dill pickle spear, and their J-Dog sauce, which is, like I said, kind of a really sweet barbecue-ish sauce, but very good. And, like, we would kind of branch out because we talked about it way back when on the ice cream episode that when we worked at Coney's, they would do, like, a Coney dog there. And so we kind of, as employees for a lunch break or something, we'd experiment with a good hot dog and different toppings on it. And very good. Very tasty. Super good, yeah. Well, and hot dogs are on my list as well, uh, but specifically brats. And they are slightly different. Hot dogs can be made of all kinds of different things. Like you said, an all-beef hot dog is a really good one. I forget the blend of a Polish dog, but those are very good too. But bratwurst, or or as Americans call them, brats, uh, are pork. Uh, sometimes there can be beef and veal in them, but it's usually a blend with pork. And you taught me the valuable lesson of don't score them. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we did a cookout, <laughs> and I started to do it, and you're like, wait, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So that's, yeah, brats, uh, because of the way they're, they're made, you have all these, like, amazing juices in them. And actually... Uh, my favorite brat, there's a lot of brats that have other ingredients mixed into the sausage as they're made. Um, my favorite is a is a cheddar cheese brat. So it's it's all the pork sausage and cheddar cheese all like rolled up in the casing or whatever. And yeah, like with a, just a standard hot dog, especially like a beef hot dog you were saying with, with J-Dog, they do like a crisscross cut on them and it's delicious. They're super, super good. But with the brat, like if you're, if you're cooking on the grill, you cook them over kind of a medium to lowish heat because you just want to like really thoroughly heat it. But if you cook it too too fast or too hot, the casing will burst and the juices will come out. And likewise, if you're turning them, don't poke them with a fork to turn them around. Use tongs or, or roll them or whatever, because that's the whole point is you want to have that casing intact and all of that delicious pork and, and cheese and whatever, whatever else you have inside the brat that just is this, oh, it's the most delicious thing. It's one of my favorite things of summer is, is, is getting a nice delicious brat on like a good quality bun. And, uh, yeah, so they specifically were on my list. I, I love a hot dog. Uh, but yeah, brats especially. Yeah. The first time I cooked a brat, I didn't, didn't really know what I was doing and somehow punctured it. And so I was super surprised when, when the juices inside started squirting out this tiny hole, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be clear, it's not like they deflate like a balloon. Like they're not totally ruined, <laughs> right. but they're right. so much better if you keep them intact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one that we we tried with Shannon's husband. We we smoked as well, and those were those were really good. Yeah, interestingly enough, there is a definitive region of bratwurst because it is traditionally German. The first documented evidence of bratwurst in Germany dates back to 1313 wow. from the Franconian city of Nuremberg. You know those Germans; they know what they're doing with the with the sausage. <laughs> 
what else we got? I mean, those were the main ones that I had details on. I guess we've covered everything that would have been on my honorable mention. So I feel like I had to throw one steak on there, which is my favorite cut of steak is a porterhouse. Oh, it's a big, it's a large steak, but oh man, it's just so good. And I don't have any information about it. All all. good. (laughs) I I had steak on my list as well. uh, But it's interesting. My, my favorite steak I've ever had was a ribeye. And I just have to do a quick shout out to my good friend, Ryan Ricks. Ryan, if you're listening, you have made the best steak of my life. And I've, I've told him this before. (laughs) I've told you this to your face, Ryan. You know, I've gone to some fancy steak houses. I've gone to some fancy restaurants and paid, paid a lot of money for a steak. But when Ryan grills a steak it's the best and he's made it a couple different ways i I, he always gets a a ribeye just gets them from costco it's like a big thick cut with some good good fat in there and stuff but the first time he made them i feel like it was just like like the coarse salt and pepper another time he did like a it was like a coffee rub a coffee grounds rub all over the outside and it was so good like it didn't taste like coffee it just tasted like this delicious steak that was so juicy and he's made them most of those times he made them on the grill another time he made them uh, pan fried with like the butter and garlic where you you baste the mm-hmm. baste the steak and whatever, and that was incredible. So anyway, I do like a good steak, but I think specifically I like steaks from my good friend Ryan. So <laughs> so if you're listening again, Ryan, thank you. You make the oh, best steak. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. See, that's that's how I am. Alex makes the most amazing steak I've ever had. And it's funny because, yeah, it'll be like Valentine's or birthday or something. Like, oh, yeah, do you want to go out to eat? Whatever. And I'm like, no, no, I need I need you to make me steak. Because <laughs> he does the pan seared with the basting with the butter and garlic. And he does rosemary and stuff. And it's all from a recipe we found on TikTok from a chef we really like, uh, Joshua Weissman. Oh, and, I like that guy. Send it to me. Oh, yeah, I'll send it. It's so good. Well, we tried it one time. We're like, okay, this was life-changing. This is how we make steak for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and like, it's to the point, like, we'll quote this TikTok at each other because we've watched it so many times. Like, whenever we go to make this steak, okay, you got to get the pan real hot, bro. Real hot. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. But it's, yeah, super, super good. I've been watching videos on how to make steaks on the on the griddle, on the, on the Blackstone. And there's a lot of good recipes out there. So I got to give that a try, too. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Well, that's all I had on my list. You guys have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? I'm hungry. That's about <laughs> it. Starving. My only <laughs> shout out, just like I just just like sides for barbecue. Like Sean said, just kind of the whole aesthetic of being able to hang out with family, enjoy the outdoors. A good cookout is not complete for the Fourth of July at our house without homemade ice cream and Texas fudge cake. Oh so yes. Put that on the honorable mention <laughs> list <Yeah>. for the <laughs> grilling out. And I think a couple of my favorite cookout sides of potato salad and watermelon. Yeah. Oh, so Those good. are so good with the yes. cookout. Well, I'm salivating and starving. So <laughs> let's wrap it up. I think we'll. It's time. I'm going to go eat in just a moment. So, as usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at thefavoriteshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at thefavoriteshow podcast. Let us know your favorite barbecue slash cookout foods. Uh, it's summertime and hopefully it's not too hot wherever you are and you can enjoy cooking out and let us know what your favorite things are. Also, let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating, I'm sure it's because we made you starving. Robert, you're on your drive to work. Uh, even if it's in the morning. Sorry, Robert. I'm sorry. It, all you want He's now. He's out his sack lunch and eating his peanut butter sandwich before he even gets there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Whatever you're eating, I'm sure is disappointing after this discussion. So I apologize. Hold on to your your review until we get you in a better mood. <laughs> or give us those five-star. 
stars because we just made your dinner plans for you. There is no <laughs> more meal planning. You know what you're having for dinner tonight. That's true. But if it's brisket, you're going to have to order that because if you didn't start making it yesterday, <laughs> then it's too late for today. Yeah, you're hours behind. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess that'll do it. Until next week, my name's Aaron. Sean here. And I'm Shannon. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Hear the music. I just thought of a very interesting tangent, but it ties into our superhero movies episode. I remember seeing the storyboards. I don't know if it was an alternate beginning or an alternate scene that was cut from The Incredibles where they're undercover. I don't know if it's after they're outlawed or if they're just they're just not, you know, they're not being their superhero persona and they're having a cookout in their yard. I don't have you guys seen this? It's so it's so funny. Uh-huh. So they're having a cookout in their yard and Bob Parr super or Mr. Incredible, he's he's like like chopping something and gets distracted and oh, I have. all and all of a sudden he's like chopping with a knife or something and all of a sudden the lady he's talking to looks down and screams and he looks down and he is accidentally what a normal person would have cut their fingers right off as he's chopping with the thing and it and you it shows a close up and the knife has bent around his fingers because he's Mr. Incredible and <laughs> impervious yes. to steel apparently and so he's like, oh, oh ah, and starts screaming and like he grabs some ketchup and squirts on there and like tries to fake like he cut his fingers off. <laughs> and then they're in the car faking going to the hospital and him and him and Helen are like, well, oh, this sucks. And he's like, I'm just gonna have to wear a cast for about a month or so. Oh, well, this is, this is what we got to do. <laughs> and do it cracked me up as such a good scene. Well, and now that fits even more because The Incredibles was what? Supposed to take place in the 50s or 60s? It's oh, yeah. Not, it's not modern times. And it was all the rage in the 50s. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Fits even better. It's a good scene. I'm sure it lives online somewhere. Uh, yeah. I think it was on like a DVD extra or something where I saw it. But it is a funny scene. Yeah. Well, I have cheese brats in the fridge and I'm going to go make some right now. Delicious. <laughs> That's my plan for uh, not being so hangry at the end of this episode. There you go. <laughs>